Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I am Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we are going to geek out about Buffy. Today's episode is season three, episode 21, Graduation Day, part one. Woohoo! So close. So close. So close. (laughs) (laughs) I'm both equally excited for season four and for Angel. Oh, yeah, me too. I can't wait for both. I'm I'm especially excited for Angel, but I love season four of Buffy. So I'm really excited for both. And we've got like, we're going to record Graduation Day Part 2 tomorrow, and then we're... Moving on. Off to the, I'm yeah. also just like, I'm also sick of season three. Yes. In a way that like, I didn't feel that way at the end of season two, but I'm like, I'm so ready to be done with season three. It's yeah. ridiculous. Especially with like how we've been breaking it down and like revelations yeah. and things that we've kind of come across. We're just like, oh God, let's just get out of this Come mess. on. Yeah. <laughs> and also season four isn't often talked about within the Buffy communities, at least yeah. not in a positive manner. Like it's always just like, ugh, season four. And it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm excited to like get into the nitty gritty of why I love Me it. Me too. Um, But so this is graduation day. <laughs> Faith is back. Look at you. I'll dress up in big sister's clothes. Hey! <laughs> it's like, it's literally every uh, other episode we're saying that. Yeah. And then she's gone. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is, anybody following along that's not watching along, this is the episode where they kind of bear down. Bear down for midterms. They're, they're getting ready for graduation. They're trying to figure out how to defeat the mayor. Uh, and Faith is causing trouble yep sort of um i mean i mean yeah she definitely causes trouble (laughs) (laughs) she definitely is a thorn in the side in this episode um so this episode opens with cordy and xander on relatively good terms and i dig it i woke up the other day with this feeling in my gut i just know there's no way i'm getting out of this school alive wow you've really mastered the power of positive giving up i've been lucky too many times my number's coming up. And I was short. One more rotation, and I'm shipping stateside. You know what I mean? Seldom if ever. Me too. I like, they have a couple interactions in this episode, and I really like both of them. Yeah. And especially, it's interesting because, like, neither of them are sniping at each other. It's not even, like, Cordy's sniping at him, and he's not doing anything, or he's sniping at her, and she's like, don't you have bigger fish to fry? They both are, like, right. on on the level with each other. And I think it's really fun, because I think the prom episode really put them back on equal footing. Like, I don't think Cordelia has hard feelings anymore. Yeah. Like, at all. I think she's fine. I think after the prom, they're both just like, all right, I think we're both done yeah. with this nonsense. And, like, they, they throw... They, they, like, Cordelia throws a little shade into a comment here, but it's more just, it's the, the way they were when they were in a relationship. Exactly, like, yeah. It, just like a snarky back and forth between them. Which is totally fine for me, because I like that about both of them, that they're both snarky and sarcastic and, and get at each other. But I just also love that Xander's like, there's no way I'm getting out of the school alive. And Cordelia's yeah. like, what are you talking about? And she's yeah. like, oh, man, like, again? <laughs> like, it's just yes. so funny. That's so good. Um, and then we, and then we go down the hall, and Willow and Harmony are like super friendly. I love that scene so much. When Buffy's like, "Don't you hate her?" <laughs> yes, with a fiery vengeance. She picked on me for ten years. Vacuous tramp. It's like a sickness, Buffy. I'm just missing everything. <laughs> Vacuous tramp. And she says it with such bubble. It's like, so, so good. Much. It's so sweet. I love it so much. Um. Buffy and Willow talk about graduation day and Xander um, brings the news that the mayor is going to be at graduation day, which is. uh, Yeah, he's the commencement speaker. Yeah. And they're just like, ugh, this is terrible. Well, because Buffy's talking about like skipping graduation because she has to focus on the ascension. I forgot that that was like that. It wasn't known the whole time that he was the commencement speaker. Because it's like, why else is <laughs> why else is graduation day the like end game day? Like, what else would yeah. be the point of that? So I, I like literally why always forget graduation day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over to Baltimore. You know, on your graduation yeah. day. It's like, what is the what is the connection there? I don't get it. Um, 
Yeah, so it's... Yeah, I, I always forget that when I watch... I've seen this a million times, and I'm always just like, oh, right, they didn't know that it was, like, at their graduation. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, And so they, they kind of just, like, lament about what's to come. And then so Faith visits this old dude and murders him. You want to turn and face the wall, Lester? What are you doing? I'll make it quick. Put that away. I'll scream. Who wouldn't? Please. Sorry, friend. The boss wants you dead. What? You know, I never thought to ask. And cold oh. blood. This yeah. is the darkest that Faith has gotten so far because she's yeah. killed a human before. Um, but it was a bad guy and she could justify it in her head like, oh, I'm just killing bad guys for bad guys. It's whatever. Sure. This is a random innocent dude well, pleading for his life. He's not, I mean, he is innocent. He's not random though. No, no. Oh yeah, no, no. I just mean. Like they, he's killed for a reason, but he is innocent. Right, right. Yeah. That Yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. It's just like, this is a, this is just some man he's random in the sense that like he was just out living his life yeah 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 and he happened to like find a fossil and the mayor didn't want anybody (laughs) so it's just like this poor random dude is like what is happening and and it's just like it's so fucking dark she pulls out a knife and just stabs him in the gut and looks him in the eyes like it's a really fucked up thing also look i get that that's the point of that knife and its shape and everything but like you, you could still slit someone's throat with that. Do you have to stab him in the gut? Do you know how long it took him to die? Yeah. A long time. Right. Like yes. minutes at least. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like she wanted to experience like what that's yeah. what's so dark about it. It's like where and 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 it just leans into this problem of the season. It's like I feel like we didn't necessarily get here gradually. Like I agree. <laughs> she's killing so mercilessly. Yeah. And we've seen rarely enough scenes with her. We definitely, I think, it, there was not enough buildup to her being quite this callous about it because they also, they keep, in all of the, like, previously on Buffy scenes, they keep on showing the one where Buffy is like, Faith, you killed a man, and she's like, I don't care. But it's also, like, that removes the nuance of that moment where, like, you can tell visually that she's, like, trying to convince herself she doesn't care in that moment. And so right. instead, by putting it and editing it that way into the previously on before all of these, you know, second half of the season episodes, it's it's making it like she was a psycho from the jump. And I don't think she was. I think this was a there was a turning point and this was a descent into madness. It just they didn't give it the time it needed to breathe in order to be a gradual and believable descent into madness because as it stands now, you're right. She's killed two people in her like last three episodes in cold blood at the behest of the mayor. And every time that we see her, she's just like more unhinged. Yeah. But it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And I, I really can't get over her stabbing everybody in the gut, except for that. It's sort of foreshadowing because it's like, that's the entire crux of the movie Reservoir Dogs is how long it takes to die from a wound to the gut. Like, (laughs) I like, I just have known that for so long that I'm like, so you knifed him in the gut and then he lay there in his own blood dying for who knows how long. Like, that's, (laughs) that's the part. Yeah, that's the part that's the darkest. I'm like, stab him right in the chest or something for crying out loud. (laughs) Slit his throat. Yeah, come on. And she like basks in it too. She's like walking around. Yeah. Um, I also they also do this thing where I don't. I'm assuming it was their intention where she's like, "Are we alone?" And he he's like, "Well, I am a bachelor." And he's yeah. and he's slightly like coming onto her. I was like, "We don't need like no. She's a bad guy. We don't need to try to vilify so anybody." Like yeah, that's the thing too. Is like it feels like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Where it's like, well. You know, she was going to kill him anyway, but she killed him extra hard because he kind of hit on her. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If you're a man who looks like that and that's your life and Eliza Dishku shows up at your house and is talking (laughs) suggestively to you and you go with the energy and then she stabs you like that's not your fault. It's not like he he was calling her like a ripe piece of fruit or something. He just was like... Being generally self-effacing about being a bachelor. So right. I don't know. It's like, I I totally agree with you that it's like, 
bizarre to try to yeah. to try to put any blame for being murdered on his shoulders. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so then she murders him. She murders him and we pan away. Uh and then we go to the Faith and the Mayor. <clears throat> and this is fucking adorable and I yeah. love it. It's so twisted to go from that scene to this and I'm able to feel both gross in that scene and like empathy and love in this scene where obviously it's twisted, obviously he's evil and he's yeah. manipulating her, but it's not in a and they do they do it on they purposefully stay on his face when she leaves the room. Yeah. Because if he was if he was manipulating her to do what he wanted and was like leaning into what she needed in order to get what he needed done, he would drop the smile the moment she walked away. Right. But he's genuinely smiling. Like yeah. he cares for Faith, as we will see in the next episode. Well, and also, I mean, he he says specifically no father could be prouder. So he is treating her like a child, right. like his child. And it, it he even says something like... Um, Perfect for the ascension. Any boys that manage to survive will be lining up to ask you out. Sort of like a... Sort of like an right. incentive, like like you'll be the the best girl standing, and like they'll be lucky to fight for you, kind of a thing. And I'm sort of right. like, that's like wild to think about. Plus, especially given what we know about what happens to him during the ascension, it's so interesting to me how he thinks he's going to continue following through on these emotional, like. <laughs> Promises, right? Like, does he not know? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a little bizarre. I don't really know what he thinks is going to happen, but it does feel, knowing what we know about the finale, it does feel like he does not fully appreciate what is going to physically happen to him. Right. <laughs> I was thinking about it too a lot during this episode. Where I was just like, what would that look like? Like, just standing next to this giant. Snake. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Um. But this this scene is super sweet. Um, I love how uncomfortable Faith Eliza Dushku like presents herself wearing a dress because it's yeah. not something she's used like she feels out of her comfort zone. Um, but I also like her leaning into being loved by a father type figure. Yeah, and like she's fully accepted this. Yeah, like any positive reinforcement from a man, right? At all, at like all. it doesn't even even if he even if he were being seductive and like you know not gross about it, but even if it were like a romantic thing, I think even still the positive reinforcement would be something she's craving. Yeah, for sure. But I think it it makes it more compelling the fact that he's a father figure, right? Yeah, I think it's just super sweet. Um, yeah. Fucked up, but super sweet. I, I love <laughs> I love the Faith and Mayor so much. And yeah. we've said it a million times, if we had just gotten more of that and like seen her, this could have been one of the best seasons had it been about this. Yeah. Like if we just been following this, then it would be such a cool, cohesive story, but it's not. Um, I completely agree. And then we go to Percy and Willow, mm -hmm. um, which is great. We love Percy and Willow. Hey, Percy. Check it out. History final. B minus, that's great. I'm a scholar. I'm like a scholar. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, listen, thank you. I mean, for helping me, being so patient, and also for not kicking my ass like you did in the bonds. You know, Percy, that was actually for your own good. Yeah, Percy Percy's not totally um <laughs> he, he's losing the plot a little cuz he's like, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to graduate <laughs> I so I can forget all of this. And Willow's like, well, all right. There's only so much I can do. <laughs> well, we got you to graduation. I guess that counts. Um and then Xander uh Xander mentions the ascension to Anya okay. in class. Before we take that because that's an amazing thing and I have a lot to say about that. Um <clears throat> I think this is the not the first episode this teacher has been in. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Harris. I think yeah. that specific teacher has been in episodes before, and I find him to be a fascinating character that only pops up like two or three <laughs> times. I swear, he is like, I know, we've all had this teacher who's like, like way too smart to be a teacher and so has just the most resentment for doing the job of a public school teacher 
I think it's so he's so funny because he's like, I know you've all turned in your final papers, but that doesn't mean you're off the hook. And he like makes them play hangman. And he's like yeah. delighted when they cho- when Xander chooses an E and he's like, they always go for the E as he's like circling it. <laughs> I find him so funny and so true to life in a, in a show that, yeah. you know, struggles with like actual true to life stuff sometimes like what that's not couched in a metaphor i think he's so funny and that scene perfectly captures like the end of the senior year too especially just like yeah and then the other thing is i think we already passed that moment because i think it's in one of the early scenes with buffy um i like apparently the graduating class is only 100 kids oh really buffy says that mayor at graduation 100 helpless kids to feed on that's so few. And I know that, you know, Sunnydale, they're all, you know, dying or whatever. And it's quote unquote, a small town. But then I think about it and I'm like, both high schools I went to, I would have been in a graduating class of more than 500. Yeah. I think it's crazy how small <laughs> this class is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all. So we can I move guess on. It also, it also fits to their like. Because if they had more than 100, sure. they'd have to account for not only that many extras, but like it would have to be not at the Sunnydale backlot yes, area. <laughs> yeah, I my my high school graduation was held in the like concert venue. Yeah. Like like the city concert venue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of seats. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, so in that class. Xander mentions Anya basically is like let's go out and Xander's like I don't even know if there will be an us to go out because yeah. of the ascension and Anya's like what the fuck yeah um, like she's like I did not sign which, up for this yeah um which she's gonna come back into the scene in a minute uh so immediately following she's she's like the ascension and then we cut to Buffy Giles and Wesley mm-hmm. I love Giles just half-heartedly fencing, fencing off Wesley <laughs> It's, it's so great. Hysterical. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like reading the newspaper while he's doing it. And it's like, it's that way with Wesley for, I mean, it has been that way with Wesley. And then it kind of is that way with Wesley for like a little while in Angel. But I love it so much that he he's trying so hard and he just mm-hmm. can't get there. It's he's just yeah. not he cannot get there. And I think it's so funny watching him try so hard. Yeah. They do a great job, too, of like because he can't he can't lift out of the the weight that's on him here. Like, yeah. he can't be better than Giles. Like, nobody wants to listen to him anyway. Yeah. And so he has to leave. And he's he's like Cordelia and Angel. He gets to start from scratch yep. and kind of like build his own life. And I, I just fucking love that journey. Um, I also love Giles telling Buffy to be careful because Faith has her at a disadvantage and Buffy says, Because I'm not crazy or because I don't kill people? Both, actually. And it's just like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, guess so. There's no mincing words here. Um, and that's when Anya comes in yeah. to tell them about what real demons are, which I think and thought at the time is just such a great new entry into yeah. this lore like the idea that it's not just these humanoid demons like yeah real demons are to be fucked with yep for the demons we've faced you've never seen a demon uh excuse me killing them professionally four years running all the demons that walk the earth are tainted are human hybrids like vampires the ascension means that a human becomes pure demon they're different different how well, for one thing, they're bigger. And they get into that a lot in the comics. I feel like this is the only time we do it in the show for real. For real, for real, like talking about yeah. them and like addressing them as they are. Yeah, it's not until I don't remember his name either, the one that's in the comics. But it's like he's the one who like made vampires. Or yeah, all all vampires, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. I like it a lot too. I always like when there's like a little extra lore about stuff like that where it's kind of like Sure, like before the gates to hell were closed, you know, the last demon like infected one person and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. I always really liked that because I, I think they do a similar thing on like Supernatural. And I think they like vaguely mentioned something like that on um, the Vampire Diaries or the originals or something. But I do wish they went into it like slightly more. But, 
you know, they do in the comics, so it's whatever. Yeah, I feel well, I also feel like that's one of the things I love about the con- comics, and I'm excited to talk about them if we do talk about them. I'm assuming we will yeah. in some form or another, whether yeah, it's at some trades point, or like one one issue, I don't know. Um, but I think they were able to do a lot of things in the comics that you can't do, especially in 90s television. Yeah. But even into like today's television, like sure. unless you have a Game of Thrones budget, like having like they can say, oh, yeah, no, a real demon is just like and then we see the snake and it's just it's not great. And <laughs> yeah. so it's like to have things have that a lot throughout the series, I think, would be kind of show breaking because then you're just like. Ugh, they're just it like so doing bad, all this yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> so it, it makes sense why they kind of veered away from it a little bit. But then you know when they had the freedom to do whatever they want in the comics, they're like, oh, here's all the lore, here's everything. Yeah, and it's really cool. Um, and then so yeah, Anya tells them, and then the mayor. We cut to the mayor talking to Snyder. You've done a great job here. I know things are, um, well, different here in Sunnydale. We've both seen all sorts of things. What's important is that we keep it under control, and that's what you've done. I believe in order. Sunnydale owes you a debt. It will be repaid. So, the mayor talking (laughs) to Snyder, it's so interesting because I can't, I can't, I can't tell if I love the way Snyder is talking to the, because it feels nuanced. It feels like Snyder still has the appreciation for the mayor and still has that want to be approved by his um, seniors. Sure. But he's also got in the back of his head, like, I watched you get mauled by a spider and heal in front of me, and I don't know what yeah. anything is anymore. Sure. So <laughs> it seemed like his his face looked more like, yeah, like I... Like, he was struggling with, like, wait, this is everything I wanted, but also, who the fuck are you and what is going right. on? <laughs> yeah, I get that for sure. I don't know. I especially think it's weird just because of what happens in the finale, you know, because, like, yeah, the mayor is also still being kind of effusive. And it's like, yep, you've done great. This is amazing. You know, this you'll all your debt will be paid, like all of this. And I'm just sort of like, I don't. Like what are what exactly? That's also I I sort of I sort of feel like why didn't he fully tell Snyder because a sycophant like that could be a good person to have around, right? You know, that's I think that's where I'm most bothered by this scene because I like I'm I want to ascribe nuance to what's going on, but I feel like they forgot to address things. Yeah, like, I'm not sure there's subtext in that moment. Yeah, like, I feel like... Like, I'm not sure there's purposeful subtext in that moment. There should have been conversation about what happened in the kitchen. There should be either a leaning toward or away help from... Sure. uh, Snyder. Like, the mayor, mayor, like you said, the mayor's just so vague, Mm -hmm. and you don't quite understand what is his intention that Snyder would be helping him, or that he's just gonna kill him because he's evil. Like, it just doesn't really make sense. And then, I mean, as funny as Snyder's demise is, it's just kind of like these last two episodes, I'm like, this is what we built toward? I feel like we were... Yeah, what have we done here? here? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, So, yeah, this, this... this conversation always kind of just made me scratch my head a little bit. <clears throat> and so Willow and Oz walk in on Anya. There's a lot of like cutting back and forth for quite a yeah. few scenes here. Um, it's like building up the Scooby gang for when the mayor comes in. So then Willow yeah. and Oz come in. Willow's bummed that Anya's in there. How come Evo girl's in the mix? Um, Anya witnessed an ascension. Oh, okay then. <laughs> she like she relents when she realizes that Anya has like information about the ascension, yeah, yeah. but it is very funny. It's it's funny too how she's like, oh okay, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I guess I'll I'll step aside for this moment. Yeah. Um, and then the mayor walks in. So this is the inner sanctum. Giles plunging the sword into his heart is one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> Whoa! It's so good. Well, he says he's gonna eat Buffy. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna eat which her. Which is oh. like, <laughs> So yeah, Giles stabs him, and he's sort of just like, uh, what the hell? 
Right. And they know he's invulnerable, like Angel already told them. Um, yeah. So it's it's more just like it was his instinct, which is so great. Um, there is one thing that always bothers. I love this scene because it's so fucking tense. I love the delivery of the mayor, um, yeah. the posturing, everything. The thing that always bothered me is not, and I'm not going to posit as if I know what it should be, like what his final line should be walking out of there. Cause I'm, you know, I can only draw from the things I've seen and, mm-hmm. and TV and movies before. But when he says, so you want a graduation, you don't want to miss my commencement address. <laughs> it's going to be one heck of a speech. It always falls flat for me because I want it to mm. be more of a reference of what's going to happen. Like, it, it'll it be to die for or something like that. Oh, like, okay. I always expect something more like a play on yeah. words and then it's going to be one heck of a speech. I'm like, that feels like, uh, <laughs> like that didn't well, quite land right. <laughs> so I guess the thing I'll say is that it's a little bit funny given that he doesn't get to finish his speech. That's true, yes. <laughs> so maybe it was a heck of a speech and he yeah. just like didn't get to that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's actually legitimately excited about his speech. <laughs> about the speech, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Anya says, let's get out of here. Xander begs her to stay. And she's like, no, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. I have seen this. No. Um and then Cordelia walks up and is so unbothered when Xander's just like, oh, the mayor's going to kill us all tomorrow. She's like, oh, are you going to go to fifth period? I'm thinking I might skip it. And then they just walk off together. And I think it's great. <laughs> it's so great. I love that before we finish. Yeah. Before we finish the season, we've evened them out. So there's not like yeah. drama leaving the season that we're never going to get resolved because they aren't right. around each other anymore. I love it. Yeah, yeah, they never talk to each other, so we at least get their closure, which is great. Yeah. Um, Buffy asks Joyce to leave town. I mean, I love this scene. I love the seriousness. I love Buffy caring about her mother. I do hate that her mom's just like, you're running away. I'm like, are we? I feel like we're past this, Joyce. Come on. (laughs) I mean. Also, she's 18 and graduating. Like, (laughs) Yeah, it's not running away anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I also, the only thing I like about it, I just wish that they would have kind of put more of a humorous button on it because she says, you're running away. And then immediately says, and you're taking my clothes. (laughs) Yes, because that. she's packing a bag for Joyce. But yeah. I wish that I it's like they didn't they didn't tell Christine to deliver it properly or they didn't edit it right or something. Yeah. It doesn't feel like how they meant it to come across. Right. Because it is a funny line, but yeah, it, it's just yeah. kind of well but then understandably it also kind of just goes directly into a dramatic scene. Um yeah. so maybe they maybe all of them were just like, ah, we don't really know how to do this. Um and then we go to Willow and Oz, and we see Amy, and we talk about Amy. Who am I kidding? I'm not going to find a spell to stop the ascension. I'm no witch. I can't even change poor Amy back to a person. Um, yep, yep. And uh, we will here and there throughout until season six. Six, yeah. Um, <laughs> spoiler alerts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love Oz's delivery of, like, our lives are different than other people's. Yes. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny. funny. Um, and then the the it's so cute the way she's just like telling us she wants him to panic and she's like kind of spiraling and he goes in. Like it's just the sweetest fucking thing. I love it so much. Yeah. It's so cute. I love it. I also think, you know, you need something like this in this moment. And like Cordelia and Xander are like in a good place. They're not going to get back together. They're not going to have like one last romp or something because I, we, there's no confirmation that they ever actually had sex. I, and I no. think they specifically did not. So like, they're not going to do that. You know, we're not close enough to Anya yet. Buffy's certainly not going to do it. So I like that it's Willow and Oz and it's yeah. really cute how she's like freaking out and she's like, why aren't you freaking out? Like, and she starts sort of rambling and he just like interrupts her by kissing her. And she's like, what are you doing? And he goes panicking. And then they, it it cuts to black obviously, but they have sex and it's great. I love that. Yeah. Love that for Willow. It's adorable. It is great. And they, and And Oz is so cute. He's so cute. Um, and they, they, they do this, this, that thing, like you're saying this, this moment before the big, moment um they do this again in season seven um 
to a oh yeah a bigger mm-hmm. a bigger scale effect obviously um well in cause... in that episode it is literally everybody <laughs> yes <laughs> everybody's fucking <laughs> everybody's doing something to relieve the tension yeah, yeah it's great um <clears throat> And men, Angel and Buffy. Angel slipping in the doorway is one of my favorite things ever. Like, it always cracks me up. Ow. Stealthy. Not my best entrance. I think they were mopping in the halls. <laughs> okay, I have a theory. Oh, that it was a real, like it happened for real. No, well, I do kind of, I, I think I actually did read that somewhere, that, it, that he did trip and they just kind of went with it. But... <laughs> My actual theory is that they did it on purpose because it like sets up for his basically total personality shift on Angel the series because he is more that kind of guy. Yeah. Like he's not really like he's not really like billowy and broody in the same way because he's not trying to be like a Byronic romantic hero. Right. In in Angel the series. And so I love that this opened the door to it where he just sort of like slips and she's like stealthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's great, too, because it's there was that moment where he said, I think it was a few episodes ago where she said he was being funny and he said, I'm a funny guy. And I think you're right. I think this is helping because you might think an angel series, like I don't know if I want to watch a fucking yeah a dude brood twenty four seven. Like that uh-huh. sounds exhausting. And so you see a little bit of comedy, and you're like, okay. Oh. Right, <laughs> I mean, it's maybe, so dumb. Maybe. It's just like one little moment, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. It does speak to Angel. The series succeeds in its ability to balance on that line of just like yeah. it, it does get dark it does get serious but it has a whole lot of comedy because i think i mentioned it once before that like the reason why i do love angel as a character on his own show is because he does make the jump from like a heathcliff you know in wuthering heights type character into like what we have in the modern day actually interpreted Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice, where he is like, he is just a socially awkward dumbass and he just doesn't know how to behave with people. Right. And I think I prefer that so much because it's, it's funnier. It's more ripe for growth. And it's like, it's just so much more enjoyable to be around. Cause even when he's being a dick, you're like, well, it's just because you don't know how to talk to humans. Like it's right. just cause you, you just don't know about people. And right. it's like through, through no real fault of his own. I, I don't know. I love it. I think it's so funny. And this moment for me, along with the moment that you mentioned where he's like, I'm a funny guy. They both just sort of add up to like, really help the transition yeah because he he like he needs to be a, you're totally right he needs to be a different character to to like float his own show because yeah. if the angel that we've been seeing who just stares into space when people are talking to him were to have his own show that would be obviously horrible yeah so bad and they do a great we'll get to it when we get to angel <laughs> next week but like the they open the show with him so out of character and it's great because yeah. you're just like oh shit what like yeah <laughs> it's such a brilliant it's one of my favorite opens of a series ever um <clears throat> not to hype it up too much anyway <laughs> <laughs> um i love this angel buffy fight until he calls her a brat yep i don't need you crowding me i didn't think i was no of course you don't you just show up at the prom and then you disappear into the ozone for all i know you left town are you mad at me for being around too much or for not being around enough? Duh. Yes. Which? What? I don't get you. No, you don't. Not anymore. Are you just making this harder to make this easier on yourself? Can we stop with the brain teasers? I just wish it was over. Done. <laughs> it's not that simple. I mean, once a marriage. I know. World in peril and we have to work together. This is my last office romance, I'll tell you that. Let me out of your face. Isn't it even a little hard for you? How can you ask me that? Just because I'm not acting like a brat doesn't mean I don't feel anything. It's nice to know what you think of me. What do you expect me to say when you just attack? I love his confusion. Mm-hmm. I love when he, I, my one of my favorite things is, are you mad at me for being around too much or not enough? And she says, duh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, because she's, okay, I am totally on her team in this fight because he yeah. literally broke up with her 
a week ago and was like, I can't take you to the prom and I'm leaving town and I don't, he literally said the words, I don't want to be with you. Like, I don't want to be with you romantically. And so she rightfully assumed that he was already out of town. Right. You know, she's like, I don't know if you were even here or if you had left already. Like, what on, like, how do you expect me to react to this? And you're right. That's when he calls her a brat. And it's like, whoa, buddy. Yeah. You are the what? You are the king of mixed signals. Buffy has been nothing but upfront about it the whole time that she wants to be with you romantically. And she's willing to make sacrifices for that. She's like, you know, she it's she's wrong about it and she will change her mind eventually. But she's like, we don't need to be physical. None of this. It's fine. Whatever. But like, I just want to be with you. And instead, he's just sort of like, well, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how she could be clearer. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he says, uh, or he says, are you just trying to make things more difficult to make it easier for you? And she says, can we stop with the brain twisters? And it's like, I understand yeah. what he's saying, but she's right. Like, he 100%. thinks she's just like trying to make this difficult. And she's just like, just like, what do you want? Yeah. Um, I will say, I think, I think the brat line is so telling of his view of their relationship and of her. Because yeah. I would never, like, if I... Like if if my wife and I and I disagree uh, disagree on anything, brat is never a word that would enter my brain. Like that's no. If you're on equal footing with your partner, brat is like something you call a child. A and child for you're sure. Like looking at Buffy like a child, like for some reason, just the moment he calls her brat, and it always rubbed yeah. me the wrong way. But ever since like talking with you about Buffy and just seeing the things he's been doing subtly and not so yeah. subtly. And the fact that he just openly called her a brat, I'm like, that's like, that's an ender right there. That is a hundred percent. And I'm like, it's fun. It's funny that you mentioned your wife because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I just would much rather my husband called me a bitch. Right. <laughs> if he called me a brat, I would be like, I beg your fucking pardon. <laughs> right. Like, who do you think you are? Right. That's like, you know my dad called me a brat when I was growing up and it's like, sure, I was being one, but it's like, if your spouse calls you a brat, I don't know. I think yeah. I am. I agree with you. I think it's unforgivable. And she even is like, it's nice to know what you think of me. And he also says, what do you expect me to say? Right. I'm like, <laughs> anything, anything other than else, that. <laughs> anything else would be great. <laughs> Call her an asshole. Anything. Yeah. I don't know. Brat is just, I, on the one hand, I kind of think it's like probably they he probably couldn't call her a bitch. It, it's probably couldn't get by censors. But uh, at the same time, I'm sort of like, I don't know, something else. Even if he said you're acting like a child or you're acting irrational, like any like ir he could irrationally. Just, yeah. Yeah. He could like there was there is a pointed reason Brat was used. Um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, obviously they wrote it, but I think they I think the writers also know like he's he treats her like a child. Sure. Oh, well, he also throws the box of stuff they got from the volcanologist, yes. throws yes. it at her feet and starts storming away, which like yeah. you want to talk about Brat. That's yes. a, that's bratty behavior. <laughs> Angel is being so childish. And then he gets shot in the chest by Faith. Yep. I can't have you in my life when I'm trying to move on. Miss the heart. Meant to. Uh, and we find out in the next scene with Wesley and Giles that it's poisonous. Um, yep. After Wesley finds out that like what was trying to be hidden was the dinosaur-sized skeleton at a volcano base. Um, yeah. Which is good knowledge. It lets them know that the mayor can be defeated once he ascends. Yep. Uh, yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's invulnerable until he has completed the, the ascension, which is interesting. Yeah. You would yeah, think we like you would want to be invulnerable. You would think it would continue. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like you said, though. It's just like there's always there's always something. Yeah, like there's always that catch when they're when you're dealing with magic and um, supernatural things. Yeah, uh, and then Willow and Oz sit in their glow, and then the mayor and Faith talk about the ritual. I want to talk about this scene. Okay, what next? <sighs> the ritual of Gavrock. I have to ingest several of the inhabitants of this box. Ingest. Eat. 
You're looking gross. <laughs> well, you don't have to watch. Just, you know, go home. Take it easy. It's a big day tomorrow. You gotta give me something to do. There's no way I'm sleeping. Don't you need anyone dead or maimed? I can settle for maimed. <laughs> you little firecracker. My mom used to call me that when I was little. I was always running around at tomorrow, the ascension and all that. Am I gonna get to fight? If everything goes smoothly, you won't have to. But how often do things go smoothly? So you'll still need me in there. Always. When I was a kid, a couple miles outside of Boston, there was this quarry. And all the kids used to swim there and jump off the rocks. And there was this one rock, like, 40 feet up. I was the only one that would jump off of it. All the older kids were too scared. Not you, though. No. I could do it easy. Get some rest. Good luck with your spiders there. I actually wrote this note um, in the two episodes ago because I thought it happened then when she got the boxes for him, but it, I forgot it happens here. There's nuance in this scene, and it's it's very like parental nuance, like the way mm -hmm. the way because Faith doesn't want to leave. Faith is lonely. Yeah. And yep. she wants to be with the only person that cares about her. And he needs to do this. And he wants her to leave, but he also doesn't want to hurt her feelings. And I think it's performed so great, especially having experienced this with my kids. My kids will want to spend time with me and I have a deadline and I have to get work and I don't want to hurt sure. their feelings. And you do that thing where you're just like bracing yourself and trying not to say something that will hurt them, but also like yeah. trying to convey that you need them to leave so you can focus on like it's done the way he leans on the box and clasps clasps his fingers and listens to her and she sits down to talk yeah. to him, even though he's like got this pressing thing to do. It's I don't know, for some reason the scene really, even as a kid, always and I you know, because my mom was a single mom and she was always that way as well. Um, so it was just such a, it's such a nuanced scene. And I, for some reason, it always resonates with me just watching the two of them go back and forth in that scene. Yeah, I think it's a really good, because um, I, I think there's even more to it than that, too. Because it, when it gets serious is when he calls her a firecracker because she wants to go kill someone, essentially. She's right. like, do you need anybody dead or maimed or whatever? And he calls her a firecracker. And that's when she gets we get into her past a little more than we have before, but it's about her mom in a way that I think it should be about her dad. Regardless, she says her mom used to call her that. And then they get into this whole thing about how there was a quarry where she used to live. And she was the only one who would like jump off the highest like place. And I do think that foreshadows a little bit of the end of this episode, but I also think it's interesting that the first time we've seen her open up is to the mayor, like about anything about her past. Right. And I think you're right where it's like he is doing that thing where he's trying to be like he I think he also is like bargaining in his head where he's like, well, if I give her like five minutes now, maybe she will just go and then I don't have to say anything that'll hurt her feelings or whatever. Exactly. And that yeah, is yeah. that is what ends up happening is she he gives her like five minutes to tell the story and. I think he also realizes like what it means to her to share that. I, I, I am so on your team about how weird, but cool their relationship is because yeah. that's, you know, he's the only one that she's said anything of note about her past too. And also the fact that it's like from her actual childhood. So before she was called and she was the only one, not even the older kids would jump off of this like 40 foot, thing and it just like it goes it speaks to a bravery that we obviously you can ascribe some of the things she's doing to bravery but you would more likely call them reckless for the most part but i do think it kind of leaves the door open for her redemption the fact that we know that she's always been like this and that she yeah. like would be brave all the time i don't know i love it and then she like 
she like he's like okay go get some rest and she just she gets up and she's like yep good luck with your spiders and leaves right and she's reading his body language and she's like okay i gotta get out of here yeah. like he needs a there's a there's a mutual understanding between both of them he gave her the time and then she needs to give him yep. the time and i really dig that and also it shows that he needs he the reason their relationship works and the reason he was able to bring her so fully to the dark side is because he just gave a shit. Yeah. You know? Like, compared to everybody else who did not give a shit, even in the sense that she wasn't included in anything for more than half of the season. <laughs> like, she wasn't yeah, part of the gang. And there's and there's something I want to talk about at the very end relating to this. But yeah, she's it's just like, he's the one who listened to her and like treated her like a person and gave her space and gave her a yeah. safe space. And uh, and that's that's where she thrived. Yep. Um. And then Anya pleads with Xander uh, to <laughs> run away with her. Come with me. I can't. Why not? I got friends on the line. So? That humanity thing is still a work in progress, isn't it? My favorite line is... Fine. You know what? I hope you die. Aren't we going to kiss? I love it. It's so funny. This also... This begins... This, I don't even know where to start. This begins all of my issues with how the show and every single character treats Anya. Yeah. Because I, I, I we are going to have huge discussions about that further down the line, but it's only acceptable here because this is like the third time she and Xander have um, interacted. But he like makes kind of a crack where he's like, that humanity thing is still a work in progress, isn't it? Right. And like, that's, that's fine. And that's fair. But also at this point, we already know that Anya has experience with things that the Scoobies, Giles and Wesley, who is still attached to the council have never heard of and can't find in information on that feels important to me. And like something that we should have taken advantage of more often. And we literally never do. And then where I'm jumping the gun a little, but like Xander treats her this way forever. Right. Like for the rest of the series, he's just making cracks about how she used to be a demon. She doesn't know anything about being a person, you know, certain things aren't for public discussion and whatever. And I don't know, it, it rubs me the wrong way, not starting now, but now that I know where it's going, right. I can see the signs of it here and now, and it frustrates me. A lot. I am one hundred percent your camp. I I see these scenes. There's she's been in a handful of episodes as a non demon, and everything makes sense this season. Yeah. Everything, every feeling toward Anya makes sense, and the sure. dealings with Anya makes sense within the confines of the story of season three. But then knowing, I do get that annoyance in the back of my mind because. It's Xander is so condescending with her. The Scoobies don't give a shit about her. She's such a valuable resource. And just because they don't, she's just like Cordelia. Yeah. She just speaks her mind. Like they're just, be, and, they, and they don't, they're, it makes them uncomfortable because they like bottling shit up and not dealing with their problems. And, and Anya threatens that. And especially with Xander, the way Xander treats Anya is fucking gross. Yeah. Um, and it gets worse and worse and worse until it ends. Oh, 100%. I also, like, I can accept it to a point. Like, like I can accept it for even most of season four. But there's some, like, late late season four and, like, all through season five and six stuff that I, I can't get over it. And also, like, all of the season five stuff, I'm just sort of like, why... Like, why are they not utilizing her knowledge? I know that she knows things that, like, <laughs> they don't know. It, it, I don't know. It it makes me insane. It also feels it also feels problematic from a writing point of view because they they also I mean they don't help her any. It's not she's yeah. not like innocently sitting there and then they're just making fun of her like. They're having her say horrible things. She does have one of the most beautiful speeches in the body. Yeah. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. And so, but then that that also brings the problem up where it's like, she has this amount, immense amount of emotion and empathy. And like, 
she's confused and she needs guidance in this world with this new life that she's living in this new body and ideally new soul yeah um which they never really clarify uh no they don't that's also very important they never ever clarify if anya has a soul right and it's just they kind of make her the butt of the joke all the time and a lot of the times it's funny like sure it's it's definitely well done for comedy but she should have had a good amount there's so many things that irritate me about what they do with Anya both the way they write her and the way Xander and others treat her and which we're going to get into over the next few seasons but yeah it's just she should she she should have we'll get to it we'll get to it (laughs) I just I had to note it now because it's the type of thing where it's like you, it's sort of like the Buffy and Angel relationship where it's like you can see from the very beginning exactly how the relationship is going to operate and then they never deviate from that. Yeah. Like they never deviate from the star-crossed lovers ever. Yeah. And they're like, this is funny. Is Let's just keep doing this. Exactly. It's it's like they like a lot of shows now. Um especially ongoing shows like this, you know, not really the like um, limited series or anything, but a lot of shows like this, they'll notice if two characters have chemistry and then they'll start writing for that chemistry. Right. You know, like two characters or two actors are really good together. They'll start writing for that as the show progresses. And I don't, they do it a little obviously with Buffy and Spike because that was not originally intended, but I don't know why they didn't sort of course correct on other people and specifically Anya and Xander. And if I'm being honest, Anya and her relationship with everybody else on the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she should have grown to be uh, so much more. And, and, and I just agree. to clarify in case anybody's like ready to jump ship, like this is going to be an anti Anya podcast. We adore. No, Anya. Like, we fucking love Anya. Anya is my favorite. This is not Anya shade at all. Yeah, no shade at Anya. If anything, this is like shade at the writers and shade at Xander. This is not yeah. Anya shade. I can't even yeah. explain how much it's not Anya shade. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll take a I fucking feel, Anya spinoff. Like, yeah. I, I love Anya. I feel a real kinship with Anya, and I think Emma Caulfield is great. It's, yeah, it's not about that at all. Yeah. No. Um. So, yeah, so she pleads, he walks away, and that's where we're left with um and then we'll see her next season yep uh i love that she sticks to it like it's oh not, yeah she just leaves yeah it's actually i, I don't want to get too out in the weeds but it's it was one of my favorite things in the eternals when what's his name was just like i'm not gonna i'm not spoiler alert for eternals for yeah. the next 30 <laughs> seconds but one of the people was just like i'm not gonna go fight that fight and like legitimately yeah. doesn't do it and i was like oh shit you just like you didn't do you the just old trope of like i'm here at the last minute to say like you just you've stuck to your belief i think that's fucking yeah. great and they do that with anya where she's like no i'm not yep. There's no reason for her to have come back. And so it's like, oh, let's commit to that yeah. and then let her it's it's really I great. love it too. And especially because it has a sister scene in season seven where yeah. she she doesn't leave. And I think that's an equally important scene. I love that yes. one just as much. It comes full circle and it does show her growth, um, which yeah. is really great. Uh and then Wesley comes with the bad news that the Watchers Council won't help Angel. They uh... They couldn't help. Couldn't. Wouldn't. It's not council policy to cure vampires. Did you explain that these were special cells? Not under any circumstances, and yes, I did try to convince them. Try again. Because the Watcher's Council is fucking useless. They they are such a bag of dicks, and like... specifically because they know who angel is now they know yeah. all about angel they and i presumably they have known about angel for a long time because they have stuff about him in the uh watcher's diaries and stuff but like now obviously via reports from giles and probably some reports from wesley they know that he has his soul again they know that he's helpful they know that he is fighting against the darkness and evil and everything and still they and also presumably Wesley was like this was done to distract Buffy and if Buffy is distracted we will not stop this ascension and instead of sucking it up and curing this vampire who 
mostly fights for good this one time they're like "Mm, no he's a vampire we can't cure him and it's like what are like that's such a bad strategy so like you're just gonna allow the world to be taken to hell by this demon after the ascension i don't buy it like it's just it they are they're so short-sighted honestly they're like the government they yeah they are they're it's the worst so they get, stupid they get what's coming to them and it's fucking it's great as yeah. dark as that is it's fucking great um yeah they're they suck and then buffy quits and i i yep. love it the council's orders are to concentrate on these orders i don't think i'm gonna be taking any more orders Not from you, not from them. You can't turn your back on the council. They're in England. I don't think they can tell which way my back is facing. Obsessed! (laughs) Such a burn! (laughs) I love it. I love Wesley it so doesn't know what to do with Buffy. It's my favorite. No. He's just like, uh (laughs) Well, it's also what's especially great about that is that in season one, Giles also didn't know what to make of Buffy. No. But he pivoted and he adapted and they got to a place where they were like good at working together. But Wesley is still so rigidly in the council and he, he just is like, just get in line. And she's like, no dude, that's not my vibe. I'm not going to do it. And he just cannot accept it. It's so funny. Also Giles pivoted. It's, easy to like misremember but giles pivoted quickly he he yeah. was he was reasonable by the end of season one so much so that he oh, was for like sure. willing to go fight the master himself yeah a hundred percent yeah wesley's just very wesley's a lot younger too and yeah. i don't think had had any of the past that giles had so yeah um and then well the, he he gets a future like giles's oh, past <laughs> oh man yeah they they swapped yeah uh the scoobies look for a cure uh one of my favorite <laughs> my favorite lines oh my god i'm laughing just think about what xander says come on guys this suspense is killing angel yeah it's so good <laughs> it's so brilliant it's so funny well so it's it's one of the moments because he's been less antagonistic about Angel, like yeah. for for most of season three, um, and so I do love though that we still get these where it's like he still like like doesn't like Angel, but it's simmered to just a general dislike. He doesn't actively hate him or want him to die anymore, but he also yeah. is just like well, I mean he could just he could die like, like yeah. what if he died? It's probably like, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's super funny. His oh. delivery, Nicholas Brennan's delivery is so good. He also looks really good in this episode. He's wearing this like moss green sweater for most of the episode. It just like offsets all of his coloring so well. <laughs> I sometimes think Xander's hot and this is one of those moments. <laughs> I mean, he's an attractive man. There's no there's no line about that. Um, And then Buffy decides she's going to kill Faith. Yeah. Um. I because the yeah the cure is is draining a slayer. The cure is a slayer blood, yeah. I like that. Willow asks if she's sure and she's like it's it, it's not the time for kids games anymore or something like that. Yeah. And I do like it especially after the conversation at the beginning of the episode where she's like I'm not a murderer. Like is it because I'm not crazy or because I'm not a murderer and Giles is like both. And you kind of have to like you kind of have to weigh that like do we consider Buffy a murderer for like what she's trying to do? And I kind of like, I can't, I can't get all the way there. I can't fully consider it murder. I, I think it's like Faith's like the, the punishment Faith deserves kind of for what she's done yeah. and turning her back on everything. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that's a slippery slope where it's like, what, what makes Buffy the one that who's allowed to decide, you know, who's right. Yeah, it's it's definitely a gray area. I think what's interesting is if Faith had just said, kill me and yeah. didn't put up a fight, Buffy wouldn't have done it. Buffy course, wouldn't be yeah. able to bring herself to just like stab Faith in cold blood. She knew that there would be a fight and that yeah. this, that killing Faith would be a result of self-defense. And right. in a way, she's right. Like she's, you know, she has to fight a bad slayer, which is a dangerous thing. And yeah. that Slayer also happens to have the cure to for Angel. 
And so like she just she's a she's a general and so she knows she's she as she's shown throughout this thing, so she knows the playbook. She knows what needs to happen. She's like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna tell people I'm gonna kill Faith, but I'm gonna go face off with her yeah and i'm not gonna stop until the fight ends so either i'm dead or she's dead right and i think that's less of a murderer vibe and more of accepting like i need to stop faith and she's gonna need yeah. to die in order for that to happen um, yeah because I, I don't think buffy would have been able to stomach no pun intended stabbing faith um in cold blood <laughs> yeah like totally unprovoked she couldn't do it but right. if you're looking at it this way she's she's sort of doing vengeance for angel getting shot with the arrow and then she's also well it's the only cure for angel who got shot with the poison arrow and also she's trying to stop faith which she has been wanting to do somehow for like weeks now i don't know i it is it is a gray area but i think it's a really interesting one also i think buffy was still um buffy was still toying with it in her mind because she could have just gone there with the dart gun yeah for oz and just like behind her back and then just pulled it out and sure. shot Faith and just yeah. like dragged her limp body to Angel. But I think she sure. knew like that is really dark and fucked up. And so yeah. she wanted it to be like an actual like, oh, I won in a fight and here's the body. Yeah. Um also Faith has Faith has to be alive. Like she he can't sure. give a dead body to Angel, I don't think. Okay, except she says she will. Buffy, if Angel drains Faith's blood, it'll kill her. Not if she's already dead. So I don't know if those are Buffy rules or if that's just Anne Rice rules, because those are Anne Rice rules that you can't drink dead blood. But I don't know if that's a Buffy rule. Do we have confirmation on that? I don't know. I feel like it's been either said or implied. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good. We'll have to look that up. They're drinking like bagged blood all the time, which isn't technically dead, but it's not fresh. True. That's true. So yeah, they're drinking I don't know. bad blood. I guess that works. Yeah, if you if you drain. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because I had the really exact same. The well, no, I had the exact same thought too. Because I was like, you can't drink dead blood. That's not going to do anything. And then I was like, is that a real? Is that like an every vampire thing, or is that just an Anne Rice vampire thing? Right. Because like that's how they get away from Lestat and interview with the vampire. But I don't know that that covers all, like property like all vampire mythologies right yeah i don't i don't think at least least we don't have confirmation yet yeah they haven't said anything about it yet because they also are they're drinking pig's blood and those pigs are dead when they get that blood taken out of them yeah so yeah it's probably it's probably i think it's just Anne rice yeah yeah that makes sense um and then uh there's a montage and then it's the Faith versus Buffy fight. Well, look at you. All dressed up in big sister's clothes. You told me I was just like you. But I was holding it in. Ready to cut loose? Try me. Okay, then. Give us a kiss. And it is fucking amazing. It's, it's such so a good. great fight. It's so yeah. they give us give us a kiss. Um, it's just the whole thing. I love the choreography. I love that. There's... Yeah, Faith also says the uh, all dressed up in big sisters clothes because Buffy yes. is dressed a little like Faith. It's yeah, it's a really good fight. I love everything they say to each other. It's it's very good. Yeah, it's very intense. It's it's definitely and they've gotten in some tussles in the past throughout the season. Yeah. Um, but it's always been under the guise of like, this is a misunderstanding or, you know, like somebody will stop this. And this is yeah. the first time where like they both intend on killing each other. Like there's no one there to stop them. And right. they both intend on killing each other. Like you don't know how this is going to end. Um, yeah. And, you know, Angel needs buff or needs Slayer blood. So you're like, fuck, like Faith could win this. And then someone comes yeah. and grabs Buffy and like, who knows? Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's really well done. Uh they and they they built up this set piece for this fight yep. like we've been building up to this this is a great spot to like go and they take advantage of every corner it's really great um yeah. the, the thing that i i mentioned earlier that i wanted to talk about was faith says should have been there b quite a ride 
and I was looking it up online because it doesn't quite make sense. Uh, yeah. Although it's part of me, part of me is like making part of me think feels like it's maybe her saying like you should have been there for me like mm. like you should have been there for me this has been quite a ride um kind of rubbing it in like i'm here because yeah nobody believed in me but uh, it's, it's funny because every time she says it i'm like i go into the spiral of like what does that mean should have been there yeah me. she's been here what are you talking about i'm on your team that is weird i didn't clock it but now that i now that we're talking about it now that i see it i'm like that is weird i don't know i don't know what that means either that's bizarre yeah she also says you did it you killed me yeah but she's spoiler alert she's not, <laughs> she's not dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and she jumps off a building and lands in a truck um, yeah. Which is great. It is such a great fuck you to Buffy. Like, yep. <laughs> you you kill me, but you still don't get to use this. Yep. Um, that's great. And she killed her with her own knife, which is so poetic. Love it. Um, yeah. And what was it? Uh, she pulls it out and she goes, that's my knife. And she says, you're about to get it you're back. You're about to get it back. I Fucking love it. iconic. Oh, my God. Goosebumps it's so good. down my spine. It's so good. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the end of this episode. That's where this ends and it continues yep. to some places in the next episode. <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about. And then we'll be done with season three. Yay! <laughs> um, thank you everyone for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carley. And I am with my other show at So I'm Watching or my personal account at FiddleDD85. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.